the national education policy 2020 is the first education policy of the 21st century and aims to address the many growing developmental imperatives of our country this policy proposes the revision and revamping of all aspects of the education structure including its regulation and governance to create a new system that is aligned with the aspirational goals of the 21st century education including the sdg4 while building upon india's traditions and value systems the national education policy lays particular emphasis on the development of the creative potential of everyone it is based on the principle that education must develop not only cognitive capacities both the foundational capacities of the literally and the numeracy and higher order cognitive uh, capacities such as critical thinking problem solving but also social ethical and emotional capacities and dispositions the introduction says it all but the experience should be speaking about it please welcome our guest for this episode who is a motivational speaker ex senior manager a social worker a teacher a teacher trainer and an author a corporate trainer a professional in the field of business gis remote sensing hydrography a professor of management and entrepreneurship who is running a school a center for school dropout girls for socially underprivileged also running a behavior therapy and a first of its kind in the country and a school of leaders he also takes free guidance and free guidance for defense aspirants who are under who are socially underprivileged he is also an ex defense officer who has served a decade in the indian navy i am honored to welcome commander yograj singh negi hi thank you very much anirudh uh, i so, thank you that you invited me this place yeah it's my pleasure sir so uh, first uh, i just wanted to ask you that uh, can you share some of your experiences of uh, indian navy means uh, it is very fascinating and uh, also a, uh, an aspirant like me would like to know the story so if you could please share uh, yeah sure uh, i would love to do that and before that i would like to submit this i thought this conversation is going to be on national education policy the new one which has just come up 2020 But the way you've already elaborated every concept of it, the core concept of it. Uh, I wonder what I'm going to talk about in it. But then, yes, uh, let's start. And yeah, few um, incidents which I like to share. You said experiences, and uh, experiences, as per me, is something which knocks us, which brings in that learning, the change in behavior. so one incidents i remember from navy years i think it was in yeah 2004 last or january of 2005 and we were in a relief operation to sri lanka this was post tsunami so one afternoon uh, we were a team of six and we were doing a survey of a channel there is a harbor called gol harbor okay and in the afternoon we received a message that there was a possibility of a second tsunami hitting the harbor sure. so we were told uh, that we should mobilize people around and take them to the safe hillock there was a hillock there so we did that we secured our boat and we started mobilizing locals and after one two hours everyone was there in the safe place at an height of that hill 
and then I recollected that there was one instruction to be followed and for that I'll again have to go back to the boat which was there in the harbor. And just before that I had already made report to my ship that we have secured everything and people are there in the safe place. So I was told that next four or five minutes we should expect a tsunami to come. And we had these TV channels ready with their recording system. And then I just slipped from that place and realizing that I may be able to do what I'm intending to do or may not be able to do because time was short. So I started running down here. A few steps and I heard a few more steps along. And I realized that those of my team members, six of them, they were running along with me. So I told them to stop. I said, let me go there and I'll try to do what, what has to be done. But then they were very adamant. They said, no, if something happens, it was it is going to happen to all of us. I tried convincing them, but uh, I thought we were wasting time. So all started running. Uh, we went fast. We did the job. Fortunately, there was no tsunami and I'm talking to you and nothing happened. Uh, there is one more incident I'd like to share before I come down to why I shared this incident. Yeah. Uh, this, this was when I was doing my first sea orientation or attachment. So we went out for a survey on a survey motorboat. The survey motorboat is around eight, nine meters. So we were around six to seven people there, so a few of my men. And by the time we returned back, uh, the weather was really, very bad. Big waves and gusting winds, very poor visibility. So um, poor visibility in normal standard, we say half a kilometer, one kilometer. And I don't know uh, how we'll appreciate that in sea where there is no structure in between. Uh, long distance can be seen, right? So visibility was very poor, maybe 100, 200 meters. So bad weather and a small boat, and we had to go uh, to our mothership, which, which is around 100 odd meters. And big waves means both boat and the ship both are oscillating. Waves are hitting hard. And both have got different frequency. Now approaching the ship is a problem and hoisting it, the lifting of boat to the ship is, is a bigger problem because there are iron hooks, big hooks and big heavy chain. So uh, every time you try to hook those chain to the board, they'll bang somewhere. So anyway, uh, two, three hours, the operation went and finally we were able to hoist the board on board. So I got down from the board. I saluted my senior who was supervising that operation. So he had anger in his eyes and he shouted at me, where is your life jacket? I immediately replied. I said, one of the crew member, I took his name, few words of courtesy. And I said, he forgot his life jacket and he's an idiot. He had put his life in danger. He would have fallen down such a bad weather. He would have been killed, right? Yes, sir. So my senior, he smiled, 
said, you are an idiot. You are a non-swimmer and you gave your jacket to someone who was a swimmer. So these two stories, why I shared was that these stories have got knocking me even after leaving maybe. I keep asking myself as to why we all didn't care about our life. There was no one who was expecting this from us. Yes. Did I do for a few thousand rupees at least? I would not agree because I know myself. I left a better job in terms of finance, money, to join in the Navy. So money was not something which I or maybe my men wanted to even sacrifice their life. And no one, there was no camera watching us. And we could have easily avoided the situation, plus it was not warranted at that place. So I keep asking, was it the expectation I had from myself? Because I thought I was serving the country. And what I keep asking, if that was an expectation I had from myself, what happens to those expectations? Once I leave me, so I don't have a uniform, I don't get a salary from Navy. But if salary and uniform was not the reason, it was the expectation I had from myself. And now every time when I'm in a world outside with my civilian counterpart, can this expectation make me perform the way I think my country expects me to perform? So I thought these two stories would connect to us because every time we are in a dilemma, what to do, what not to do. Um, so I thought I should share it with you. Yeah, so uh, that was indeed a beautiful story. But I had a question in the back of my mind for a few days that what drove you, you know, to join the Indian Navy? So what, what passion, where did you get the passion to join the Indian Navy? Now, see, well, there, there are a few things which are told in front of camera. And I being a teacher myself, I call myself a teacher. I don't know I'm a teacher or not. And I believe that I should guide students. I'm able to do or not. That is a different story. So I'll have to tell you the truth whether it is impressing or not is a different story. So my father was in Indian Army. He was a retired honorary captain and I was a, like we had a big age gap, me and my father. So he retired, I was hardly four or five years. So I've not seen Army as such during the young stage. Though being from Dehradun, IMA and cantonment area we resided, so I was seeing people around. So army was forged for me or different services for me. So I wanted to join army. And a small town boy in his um, own world, I developed the way I developed, but I knew was I'd be joining army. And from that place, uh, that thing was there, but I could never clear the service selection board exams. So I went to one multinational company. In between, I cleared a few good government exams also, but then in that 
thing was there i have to get into army and somehow i believed i would get in i think that that is one of the you know uh, wishes that every you know defense uh, kid has you know maybe or maybe an officer or a jco that you, know, you should serve the army or something like that i think that's one of the common traits that we found uh, find in uh, defense kids uh, so my second question to you will be uh, while uh, other officers uh, leave the service and uh, prefer taking uh, corporate jobs and you know enter the corporate world well, how come uh, you you know uh, thought of uh, starting a education institute or you know a school um, well i also after leaving this uh, navy i joined uh, mnc of fridfield oh uh, at god senior position i worked there for one or year and then i had an opportunity to go to another god mnc in us and one offer in singapore and one fine evening when i had these two in front of me so i asked myself this is what i want to do throughout my life yes and i i won't give you marks for guessing it so answer first no and i packed my bag i was there in bombay i came back the only place i had was dehradun and frankly speaking i was not aware what i'm going to do and when i came back to dehradun i traveled to the mountains i went in a local bus met a lot of local people i went from one side gadwal and came from other side kumau and that is when i realized that and there is a need to develop a vision and positivity in our own and we require an institute of this kind and i developed a program i was fresh from uh, one of a great management college and uh, i had a lot of ideas in my mind i said why not run a parallel program like this so i created a four years of a program with uh, social sciences and sciences and technology because i had a background of gis and remote sensing in naval physical survey and whatever i had gathered from my nsc in mathematics and physics psychology management i tried getting everything inside and developed that program so that is how the concept of institute came though after one or there i realized it's not working reason being the kind of student i wanted was those who want to live a life want to do something for them non affiliated four years program that time i thought uh, it's a great thing because we are preparing for life how does it make a difference i got a degree from a recognized or not recognized institute plus i was trying to offer it for free uh, clubbing it with sponsorship i also thought we got parallel courses open board courses that could be given as a certificate so that student doesn't suffer in terms of a graduation degree Sure. however it was uh, probably difficult to sell or maybe i was very ambitious to have that right frame of mind which i didn't got so then i realized that all i want is a student i also realized that to build up an institute we require a team team of minimum 7 to open a society and then if if i require a team how about an idea of joining a team rather than starting your own initiative because by now i also realized that once we open our institute for a vision and slightly stuck with this word vision yes 
uh, if vision is something I want to do, to yeah. Uh, so uh, yes, uh, you wanted to say something. Uh, no, I just wanted to ask the question. So, with your experience in uh, running a school, yeah. sir, uh, can you share in what, in your opinion, what are the two advantages and uh, disadvantages of the Indian edu education system? Okay, uh, I would not say advantage and disadvantage because uh, they are disadvantage and advantage is, is a perception. Sure. And what we have evolved over a period of time was based on uh, con taking consideration all the parameters which existed in our society. Yes. So, yeah. But however, it has got some constraint according to me. And uh, the major, uh, okay, first I'll talk about advantage and the advantage I see about our system is that it has got a very easy format, very well structured book. And we also got a relaxed marking system. So everyone can become educated in the large population with a big divide we've got. So it, it serves well the concept of inclusiveness. Everyone can get educated. Also, this model worked well physically and plus with the support of National Nations Fund. We could achieve what our initial target was to make it inclusive. And the constraint I see in our system first is that we are still uh, to come out to a point, a consensus as to what is the vision of education. Yes. I think the stakeholders we've got, say parents, their expectation from child is maybe different as compared to what teacher is expecting. Administrators, those who are running school, have got their own vision. Ruling parties, they've got their own vision, and oppositions have got their own vision. And uh, surprisingly, this vision keeps changing once the ruling becomes uh, opposition or vice versa. Yes. Uh, similarly, the financially rich people, they've got a different vision from education, and intellectually rich have got their own vision and otherwise. Right. So everyone has got different goals, yes. which doesn't culminate into one vision. And there I see a major challenge our education system is facing. Plus, till date, we've been focusing on very rigid rules for land, building, investment. So it became more of a business model rather than an education model. Yes. Uh, we, we could not develop our open board system. Uh, so more emphasis was given on infrastructure. So on paper, all schools are doing excellent and we are achieving our vision of a great education. What is on ground, uh, it is for us to experience. Do you think NEP is a game changer for the Indian education system? Uh, I feel that it is a long way, long awaited and much needed change for our uh, education, uh, education system. So what is your take on this, sir? See, uh, the, we, we'll agree to that, that the world is changing, including India. Sure. And it's really changing fast. When I say changing means uh, coming up of big data, machine learning, artificial intelligence. And this is going to change the way we used to take how the jobs would be done. 
So this would involve learning new skill sets. And therefore, there is a strong need to have a multidisciplinary approach besides social sciences and um, art subjects. We, we require to learn about mathematics, about uh, maybe computer science, language, data sciences. So we require to reorient ourselves. Plus, as you've already submitted in your introduction, so that we require to first take some pride on ourselves. And that pride would come by first knowing ourselves, our culture and what we stood for. And uh, therefore, we require to have a direction. Though our previous education policies have worked well, but there the focus was whatever the existing system which Britishers left, which was more inclined to administrative job, office job, because that was probably their need or their interest. So everyone was preparing for an office job or five or some administrative post. And now we are talking about taking India forward. Though we have worked well in the past 70 years, we, we've become one of the best in technology and other fields, but that is thanks to few individuals. But society as a whole with 130 crore people could not be mobilized. So people, the kids or the students were being mobilized for a kind of a system which was 70 years back established for suiting somebody else's requirement. So, and the focus of the last policies correctly had been on inclusiveness, including everyone in, in whatever system we had for education. So first is realignment of the education system. So a vision required to be there. And this new education policy gives a new uh, a vision for which side we have to work on. So it should not be taken as only a policy. It should be taken as a vision. And the vision starts from being proud of being an Indian, uh, learning about what India stands for, yes. and developing skills and knowledge which is going to help us in life, not a concept of job. And also uh, continuing the inclusiveness of the system to have everyone on board. Yes, but. Uh... Sir, uh, PM has uh, recently announced that uh, India will be permitting uh, foreign education institutes to set up the campuses in uh, India. Now, because uh, now uh, in this uh, scenario of uh, Atmanirbhar uh, Bharat that uh, the PM it's, uh, himself has uh, announced. So what is your take on it, sir? See, uh, if we believe that the foreign university, so foreign university itself is... Uh, from zero to maybe a number going to, if not infinite, but a very huge number. So what is the credibility of foreign universities? Uh, a question which we require to find out before we start talking about that. Other thing is it's based on an assumption that foreign education is the standard, right? Now, um, Indian education system till now has done well. In between, yeah, there were problems, but we started figuring up in the list of the best colleges world over. 
and uh, if you see the top ranked institute whatever the method of ranking is you will find a lot of professors are from india now uh, coming to they the foreign university coming to india so now they'll come they'll buy some university existing university so maybe the existing set of teachers and the students would be from in around environment so a campus which is indian faculties which are indian or even if they are not from india they'll be teaching the same content because that is standardized as of now so can we call it a foreign university are, are they going to bring new technology inside here in india and all education institute if they want to run in the true spirit requires fund besides from the fee yes. so fee collection is a business model however education is not supposed to be a business model so now these foreign universities coming to india are they coming here because we got a huge potential in terms of power in paying for a fees and large number of students available if that is going to be the case then there is not going to be much of a change uh, in fact few of our university would lose relevance so also if we see um, coming days beside technology where india is as good in technology and also if we appreciate that uh, today all the courses are available online even the labs are virtually available so foreign universities are already in india not only in india but everywhere on net so access to good courses are already there um, so in my take would be it's not going to make much of a difference when it comes to india however yes foreign universities are going to gain a lot by coming to india first is they will get a huge market and now i'm talking in terms of business because yeah. ultimately after navy i was a ultimately it's a business i was a management student and i still teach marketing so some of the time those words they come into my mind and i start yes. speaking them so it it's a huge market sir market to make money and when you take more number of students uh, the quality would decrease that is number one plus um if we see today the problem or the future problems which have to be handled are things like terrorism things like lack of food and uh, pollution environment is a growing concern plus the big divide in the society if we talk about india and these problem if we see in the core are related to low human values ignorance so, of seeing environment as a consumable and then a commercialized definition of leadership which has worked well up to now in terms of money so if we have to find solution to these they the solution actually exists in the principle the culture of india whether it be yoga whether it be a philosophy of vasudeva kutum whether it be the concept of happiness which is there available in indian literature since time immemorial whether it be knowledge of management if you see management books in detail you'll find everything that is written in our ancient documents has been transferred in some other uh, words and rephrase in management knowledge about psychology which we had ayurveda yoga 
these are the things which are going to be in thing in the coming time besides what we have already talked about big data and artificial intelligence so if these are the concept and already if you see the top universities of the world they have already introduced this course in terms of a course on happiness could be a course on sanskrit could be something else could be knowing self leading self or some other word so a huge potential of learning exists in india so how much india is going to benefit we will see to it based on what the other wants to deliver the universities are they coming here to serve us or to make their own funding and certainly yes they they've got a lot to learn from us and they'll they'll do that because i think they'll be clear in their objective so uh, sir uh, since the government has uh, introduced a national education policy 2020 uh, do you think uh, according to you what will be the major changes in it um, the what will be the reforms uh, that will be brought by the government in the national education policy first thing is i see it as a vision document so rather than a working model it's a vision which government has set up certainly now it is for all the stakeholders to come uh, think about this vision and start implementing however few things from government side or from structural changes you'll see is uh, one could be you'll have a national evaluation system because now if you set in a new expectation we require to evaluate that expectation and there is a provision of a national level evaluation so that all the institute are at same par i see is more recognition to open board of learning so open schools would have more weight more means they'll be promoted so and there would be uh, equal recognition if not more for online courses i also see that there would be less of requirement to open a school obviously if open board gets strengthened means anyone can open a school um, and uh, can appear for the same exam without having that requirement for infrastructure so so we can see more people getting involved in the process of education uh, one uh, thing which we have already talked about is the future is for mathematics computer language data sciences so these would be now core subject and they would be started from quite early stage maybe from fifth sixth class onwards this also means that uh, the segregation we had of commerce humanities and science would go up so these core subject which we have talked about is mathematics maybe some language and uh, computer language and data sciences they will be the core and around it you may pick up any subject so it would become a multidisciplinary approach so for the school and similarly this would go up to college level and now college also have to start rethinking now this is a direction so now it is on the paper so everybody knows this is a direction so college will start evolving itself and you'll find in all the courses you might do a course in uh, business studies where there would be a compulsory paper of computer mathematics research statistics uh, data sciences analytics so the change in approach is going to come and also there is one thing which is uh, 
being talked about is for the government system, private system, it was already existing. For government system, we'll see that uh, ch uh, children should be enrolled at an age of three rather than the current practice of enrolling at six. So this is what I see um, as a structural changes. Uh, and I see more as a philosophy, a vision, which has to be uh, now evolved by all the stakeholders. So since you are in the education field, uh, if I may ask you, what is your vision for Indian education system? And uh, you know, how are you planning to make a difference uh, to your school? Um, there are two parts since I'm in education, number one, and what kind of a difference I want to make in schooling. So had you asked this question to me in 2007, I would have said like when we started the first initiative, my aim was, which now I call as school for leaders, to make a difference and bring in comprehensive, sustainable development of our country in general and mountain in particular. Uh, however, over a period of time, I've understood this, it's not about one philosophy, one person making change. It is a contribution we can make. Change and difference is, is a byproduct of all the processes that would happen in the society. And that is good for the society. That's how the society evolved. That's how people evolve. So today I've got some idea, I impose it and I change it. Oh, how do I know that is the best uh, possible idea? There might be thousands of other ideas. Sure. So aim, aim is to contribute rather than creating a difference. And uh, my contribution through School for Leaders, which is a school on me, or a physical school that we run for socioeconomic uh, backward or underprivileged people. And then we got a small school for school dropout girls. The aim is to help students understanding self understanding what are the expectations of the major stakeholders, that is country, society, help them in developing a reason for their existence, their own reason, and then making them capable to take the decision. And taking decision is easy, but then also standing for your decision. And creating a mindset where the student prepares for life and not for an exam. So this is what we intend to do in our school or my school for leaders, which is a school on me, wherever I go, this is the core message I would like to convey. Yes, sir. Uh, since uh, you have uh, mentioned the school of leaders, uh, I have seen some of your videos on YouTube and uh, I found them very interesting. Uh, this is an honest opinion, sir. And I saw you, I saw your children, uh, I saw you making uh, children in your school shout, uh, you know, I am a leader. So if you could uh, just say a few words on it. Yeah, I've got few videos uh, I uploaded recently. About time, time I didn't have much to do, so I uploaded one few clips of school. It's not the only the, my school student that we shout, I am a leader. I've been doing this for the last uh, 14, 15 years now. And we've been shouting when I'm there with youngsters of playgroup uh, to a student of 12th class. It could be a teacher. And when I go for um, 
teachers, trainers, the train the trainers program. We do it there. Uh, I go to corporate houses on some corporate workshops on leadership. There also the same slogan fit. So it is a one slogan that fits all. So, and the reason why we shout I am a leader is uh, say if I take an example of a school student or a college student. You find a lot of people smoking. You must be seeing around you. And then an individual knows that this is harmful for health, would lead to cancer. Everybody is well aware. And then there is a pressure from the group uh, to pick up smoking. This is just an example. And then the individual knows what is right, that is not to smoke. But then he will doubt himself when everyone is doing it when our actresses are promoting, when our actors are promoting, when somebody is selling it, and when everybody is smoking it, and that is the style. So should I pick it up or should I not? So then if somebody shouts out loud, not verbally, not orally, but inside its mind, he'll come to know that he's different, he's a leader. We're not sure about other person is a leader or not. At least we can be sure about our own self. And then taking a decision, no, this is wrong for my health, I'm not going to have it. So I may be standing alone. It's perfectly okay because leaders, they normally stand alone. But this slogan is going to help us taking the right decision by understanding who we are, who I am. I'm not bothered about who other person is. So if I believe this slogan, if all of us shout, it becomes so simple to take decision, not only as a student, but even when we are functioning in, in, in a capacity of a senior officer, administrative officer, there are a lot of uh, temptations and where everyone is doing something. So there is a tendency, everybody does it, so should I do it? And if somebody shouts out loud and he'll know, no, hold on, I am a leader. So it's okay to be different to the point I'm right, what I'm doing. So that's why the slogan, to make someone or make people analyze themselves and stand for what they think is right by knowing that they are something which is a leader. Don't know about others and let's not bother about others. Let's focus on our own self. Uh, so uh, we now uh, coming to the end of the podcast, uh, you know, uh, I just wanted to ask uh, this something. Uh, what uh, tips would you give to the younger generation and, you know, to especially the college students? Okay. Uh, before I come down to younger, I've got my own definition of younger. I believe uh, three in three categories. One is child who is very eager to learn. So his focus is only on learning. And then a youngster. Youngster, according to me, is that person could be of any age who's got big dreams for the world, for those who are underprivileged. That is, he's got that strength, mental or physical strength, to do for others, to do for the countries. And then there are older people, like elderlies. They could be of any age. But their prime focus is accumulation for self and family. So my... uh, Submission would be for those who are young, young with big dreams for the world, for the country, for the society, for the underprivileged. Uh, I would say is there's one 
फ्रेज पहला सुख निरोगी काया सो दिस इज फ्रॉम आर एंशंट बुक आई बिलीव दैट द प्राइम फोकस शुड बी मेंटल हेल्थ एंड फिजिकल हेल्थ दो आई विल बी साउंडिंग वेरी एंशंट सो लेट मी रीफ्रेज द थिंग देयर वाज अ स्टडी डन बाय टॉप यूनिवर्सिटी दिस वाज ऑन 35 और best ceos successful so called successful ceos financially successful and they were asked in a day if they get only 30 minutes of time what would they like to do so the answer they all gave was they like to do a meditation and then the next question which was there in the survey was what if you got to add on another 30 minutes what do you like to do so say your day has only got 1 hour so what do you like to do that day and the answer was first is meditation and second is physical health so why i shared this example was if i quote something like pehla sukh nirogi ka so everybody shout it okay yeah everybody knows it this is an old ancient saying and people get carried away by honor saying something big universities doing some research and financially successful saying something and therefore first uh, my submission would be take care of your mental health do meditation and do yoga go out for run and uh, other thing beside this i would like to say is on happiness that happiness is just a choice so events could be good or it could be bad so being happy or being sad is a choice we make and if it is a choice and i think everybody would agree that we want to be happy so let's be happy irrespective of events they might be in our favor for the time being or might not be there last uh, but close to my heart is in life we'll have temptations when we know the right and we also know the wrong we might see others doing what we know is wrong so so the decision is should i be the part of the wrong group or choose to be right and i would request to shout out loud guess what i am a leader i am a leader that that's the submission from my side thank you so much sir this was a wonderful podcast and uh, this is my first successful podcast that i have conducted thank you so much from uh, the college side the podcast team and personally from my side uh, it has been a great honor to conduct a podcast with you uh, such a great vision and such a positive mind i i'm I, now i am speechless now with this note i'll end the podcast uh, thank you sir thank you very much thank you